In a year full of box office bombs, cancellations, delays, and a huge writer's strike, a handful of films and actors rose to the challenge of 2023. Welcome to the first annual Gilly Awards. Hello, and welcome back to Post Credits with Gil Garcia, where we go beyond the final scene. I'm officially back from a two-week break, thanks in part to a flu that I came down with during the Christmas holiday. Thank you to everyone who sent their well wishes and support. I really do appreciate it. We have so much to catch up on since the turn of the new year and the last episode, and today's episode will be a phenomenal kickoff to what I'm calling Season 2 of Post Credits. Today is the first ever Gilly Awards, a celebration of the year in film for 2023. On this show, I have a ton of content to go over, including honorable and dishonorable awards. Here are the awards and honors I'll be handing out throughout the show today. We have the Floppy Award, the Blockbuster Award, Best Scene, Best Use of Practical Effects, Best Use of CGI and Special Effects, Worst Use of CGI and Special Effects, Best Movie Trailer, Female Performance of the Year, Male Performance of the Year, Rising Star of the Year, aka the Jenna Ortega Award, (laughs) and as voted on by you over on social media, our fan favorite film of 2023. We also have the Worst Film of 2023, My Most Anticipated Film of 2024, And we wrap it all up with my favorite film of 2023, The Best of Show. So let's kick this show off with a bang and hand out the very first award of the night. Let's talk about the Floppy Award. The first award of the night is our dishonorable distinction of being the biggest box office bomb of the year. The qualification to earn this prestigious award is to have lost the most money during your theatrical run of the year. The nominees for this year's Floppy are... Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Fast 10. The Flash. The Marvels. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Listen, 2023 was the worst year in recorded history for Disney at the box office. Almost the entire calendar of movies that they had lined up this year could have qualified for this award. From The Little Mermaid to Wish, Elemental to Ant-Man... The studio lost $950 million this year from streaming and at the theaters. And most of that is thanks in part to this year's Floppy Award winner. The award for the biggest box office bomb of 2023, costing Disney over $200 million during its theatrical run. The winner of the first Floppy Award is The Marvels. So congratulations, I guess, to Nia DaCosta, Brie Larson, Aman Vellani, and Tiana Paris. <laughs> now, many factors can go into why the Marvels was such a disaster for Disney. Poor marketing, poor reception, and overall superhero fatigue. Personally, the Marvels and Ant-Man were huge misses for Marvel this year. Both of them were lackluster narratively and lacked any cohesion to the overall MCU timeline and story that they're trying to tell 2024 is shaping up to only have one marvel film theatrically with deadpool 3 so hopefully they've learned their lessons and get things back on track 
So once again, congratulations, Disney. You played yourself. (laughs) Oh, man. What a way to kick things off. But, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. Let's switch gears and talk positively about our next award, which is what I'm calling the Blockbuster Award. The qualifications are basically the same as the floppy, except this is going to be going to the movie that made the most money in theaters this year. The nominees for the Blockbuster Award are Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Oppenheimer, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The winner of this award may be the most obvious one of the night. This was the year of Barbenheimer a phenomenon that brought audiences back to the theaters to experience a double feature of Barbie and Oppenheimer. However, only one of these two can be crowned the blockbuster of the year. Capturing $1.5 billion gross for Warner Brothers, the winner of the blockbuster award is none other than Barbie. Huge congratulations goes out to Greta Gerwig, Margot Robbie, America Ferreira, Ryan Gosling, and the crew of Barbie. The film was an event of a lifetime, and although it may not get a lot of love from my show this year, I want to give an honorary shout-out to the Super Mario Brothers movie for holding it down until Barbenheimer. The Super Mario Brothers movie was the highest-grossing video game adaptation of all time, with a domestic gross of $1.3 billion this year. So way to go, Super Mario Brothers. You guys get an honorary mention. But Barbie was queen of the cinema this year. Our next honor of the night is the best scene of the year. Listeners of this show know how much I love practical effects in filmmaking. The more stunt work, the more creativity, the better. This category is a way of highlighting the scenes this year that best exemplified creativity and artistry. Let me give you some honorable mentions before I give you this year's nominees. The honorable mentions are The Rome Chase from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. No Diggity from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Dog Days Are Over from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The Piano Wire Trap from Saw 10. And the Von Erichs Rise to the Tune of Tom Sawyer by Rush from the movie The Iron Claw. Those scenes were phenomenal, but they just didn't quite make the cut. Here are the official nominees for the 2023 Best Scene of the Year. The first nominee is The Attack on Ginza from Godzilla Minus One. This is a stunning scene of destruction and horror as Godzilla touches down in the metropolis of Ginza after showcasing his unstoppable power on a Japanese military base earlier in the movie. Here we see just how incredibly overpowered Godzilla is. The stakes in this film don't get any higher than when our protagonist loses a loved one in the wake of this attack. The next nominee is Dragon's Breath from John Wick Chapter 4. In a film full of incredible action sequences, the Dragon's Breath scene stands out among them all here. John is pursued into an apartment as his deadline for the duel approaches. The scene unfolds into an over-the-head single-shot take where John collects an explosive round shotgun and begins to tear his way through his enemies, igniting them by lighting them on fire and blowing them through the walls. It is incredibly stunning and well-made. The next nominee... I'm Just Ken from Barbie. Now a cultural icon, I'm Just Ken is a hilariously entertaining psychological satire on fragile masculinity by Ken. 
Ryan Gosling gets to show off his pipes and runs the gamut of emotions during this musical number. The stunt work and stage management of this scene is intricate, well-executed, and thoroughly enjoyable, no matter your age or gender. It's just a really fun scene. Next up, we have Pure Imagination from the movie Wonka, another impressive musical number. Pure Imagination is the final scene of the film, where Willy Wonka reunites his partner Noodle with her long-lost mother. The lyrics hit like a brick as they pertain to seeing the beauty in their happiness. Timothy Chalamet puts a stamp on his own version of Willy Wonka, making this reimagining of Pure Imagination remarkably intimate and emotional. This was one of the only scenes of the year that actually brought me to tears. Next, we have The Trinity Test from Oppenheimer. Expectations and buildup made The Trinity Test the main spectacle of Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Amongst all the political maneuvering and martyrdom of J. Robert Oppenheimer, we are shown the amount of work and stress that went into the development of the American atomic bomb. It all leads to a five-minute spectacle where Nolan drowns out the sound, layers over a powerful narration from Killian Murphy, and displays the largest practical explosion ever put to film. The aftershock is an added cherry on the cake. And the last nominee is The Spiders vs. Vulture from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. What a spectacular way to start a spectacular film. The Spiders vs. Vulture sets the stage perfectly for a film that has a ton of really cool action set pieces and character moments. Here we see a parchment renaissance era version of the Vulture teleported into Gwen Stacy's universe, causing mayhem and chaos in an art museum. We get insight into the tragic backstory of Spider-Gwen, the watercolor world of her Earth, and we get introduced to Miguel O'Hara and the core of the Spider-Universe. The song played during this scene is incredibly badass as well, and it sets the tone for the entire movie. So those are the nominees. That is some pretty tough competition there. But for me, the winner was clear very early on in 2023. My favorite scene of the year came at the beginning of the year and it stuck with me all the way through. The winner of best scene of 2023 is Dragon's Breath from John Wick Chapter 4. The Hotline Miami style over the headshot is insane. It's so intricately staged and performed, blowing me away the minute I watched it. We get to see John's improvisational skills and the destruction that the Dragon's Breath rounds do to the enemies he is facing. So congrats to Chad Stahelski and the stunt team behind John Wick. This was their moment to shine in 2023. Let's stay on the same conversation of practical effects. This next award goes to the film that displayed the best use of practical effects this year. This category includes everything from costume and set design to stunt work and cinematography. I separated this from special effects because I believe each category deserves their own recognition. My nominees for best use of practical effects are Asteroid City, directed by Wes Anderson, Barbie, directed by Greta Gerwig, John Wick Chapter 4, directed by Chad Stahelski. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan. And Saw 10, directed by Kevin Grutert. The film this year that captivated me the most with its use of practical filmmaking is Barbie. A shocking result for sure, 
My friends and family know that I'm a sucker for Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible films, but I couldn't help but be impressed by the aesthetic of Barbie. Hell, the filmmaking was so carefully crafted and original that Warner Brothers Studios caused a global shortage of pink paint during the filming of this movie. The set designs looked exactly like they belonged in one of my sister's dream houses. The costumes were strikingly vibrant and colorful. The stunt work of the musical numbers and the wire work were quirky and very fun to look at. Even the more subtle things, like the shot of Margot Robbie stepping out of her high heels and placing her feet on the ground like a Barbie doll, were done in camera practically. Say what you will about the context of the story, but Barbie is one hell of a visual spectacle. Chalk another dub up to Barbie here at the Gilly Awards, and congratulations to Greta Gerwig. Now, practical effects aren't the only way to tell meaningful stories in films these days. Special effects and CGI are more necessary than ever. Some films are better than others, as we're going to see soon. These are the films with the best CGI and special effects in 2023. The nominees for best use of CGI and special effects are The Creator, directed by Gareth Edwards. Godzilla Minus One, directed by Takashi Yamazaki. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, directed by James Gunn. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, directed by James Mangold. Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, directed by Zack Snyder. And Poor Things, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Not a sexy selection of candidates here, I know. In fact, two of the nominees were in the running for my worst movie of the year list, but I cannot deny that when CGI is done well, it can make up for the weaknesses in a movie sometimes. The winner of the Best Use of CGI and Special Effects Award goes to a movie that I was incredibly underwhelmed with. As a fan of Gareth Edwards, I thought the creator was going to be a science fiction classic. Early word of mouth stated that this movie was revolutionary and a front runner for Best Picture, but once it hit Hulu, all that Oscar talk died quickly. The reason the creator is the winner of the Best Use of CGI and Special Effects Award is because of how beautifully realistic the film presents its artificial intelligence beings and concepts. Gareth Edwards has always had a knack for presenting gritty, down-to-earth science fiction special effects with such weight and veracity, and the creator is no different. Despite the shortcomings of the story and the performances, I really dug the look of this movie, and I believe it will be a frontrunner for the Academy Award for Special Effects. So congratulations to Gareth Edwards and the crew that made The Creator. Alright, so this was a very fun category that I brainstormed when I was making my visual effects list, simply because there was enough candidates to justify this getting its own category. We talked about the best use of CGI and special effects. Let's talk about the worst use of CGI and special effects. From the controversy surrounding Marvel's labor practices with special effects studios to the massive number of layoffs happening across animation studios, 2023 was a trying year for the industry for visual effects artists. But sometimes the art imitates life, and while a studio treats its employees like shit, the studio also produces shit as a result. Here are the nominees for worst use of CGI and special effects. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. 
Cocaine Bear, Fast 10, The Flash, The Marvels, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. This is a certified no-brainer choice. The worst CGI I witnessed in 2023 surprisingly didn't come from a Disney property, although it very well could have gone to all Marvel properties, including Secret Invasion on Disney+. But the movie with the worst CGI literally had me running to my buddies at the end of the movie asking them, what in the PlayStation cutscene did I just watch? (laughs) You already know what I'm referring to. The worst CGI of 2023 is undoubtedly The Flash. More specifically, the Chronosphere sequence. Never in my life had I witnessed such blatant nostalgia bait used in such an unceremonious, manipulative, and tasteless manner than this scene in particular. They resurrected dead actors, CGI'd live actors that didn't want to partake in the film, and showcased some of the rubberiest, stiff, and lifeless human models I've ever seen out of a film since the 1990s cartoon series Reboot. I can't believe someone watched this piece of shit and said, yeah, it's ready to go out to theaters. Man, what a disaster. Speaking of disasters, let's easily transition to our next category, one that I'm extremely excited to talk about, and this is likely the category you've been most interested in to listen to. It's time for us to award the worst movie of 2023. From out-of-their-prime action stars to out-of-their-prime horny grandmas, 2023 had to be one of the worst years for movies in history. We have seen a dramatic drop-off domestically when it comes to the box office. And I don't believe it's all on superhero fatigue or streaming. Sometimes movies just flat-out fucking suck, and no one wants to spend $50 or more on a night out watching some mid-piece-of-shit. Here are the most egregious offenders on the senses this year, starting with some dishonorable mentions. Here are the dishonorable mentions for Worst Film of 2023. 80 for Brady. Good Burger 2. The Marvels. Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Honestly, any one of those five movies could have easily made the nominees list, but let's talk about the nominees because this is a shit show. Here are the nominees for Worst Film of 2023. Expend for Bulls. A sequel to a film franchise that no one ever wanted to see again, <laughs> Expend for Bulls not only has the worst movie title of the year, but it should have never been made in the first place. The gimmick of the original movie has long worn out, and seeing an actor like Sylvester Stallone scrounge up whatever remaining action stars to join a franchise is quite frankly pathetic. The new cast, Tony Jaw, Megan Fox, 50 Cent, are all awful. The CGI fucking sucks, and the studio should have known it was going to bomb since Expendables 3 was panned and bombed as well. This is a movie that really should not have existed. This movie sucks. The next nominee is Fast 10, otherwise known as Fast Tender Seatbelts. <laughs> I like to refer to the Fast Saga as Mission Impossible for Dummies. Last year, before I created this podcast, I posted my worst films of 2022 list over on my Instagram. F9, The Fast Saga, took the cake as my worst movie of the year last year. This year was only going to be more salt in the wound. In his pride, 
Vin Diesel has come out and said that this 10th film would be separated into three separate movie sequels. Huge mistake in my opinion. Not only did this movie bomb, but the guys clearly burned so many bridges during the making of these movies that no one wants to share a scene with him. Watch this movie and take notice of how many scenes he shares with Ludacris, John Cena, Nathalie Emanuel, and Tyrese Gibson. They basically shared no screen time together, and this is his quote, family. Now, in their desperation to finish this franchise, they have resurrected every character that they've tried to kill off in the past, and they've recruited every single villain to join their family. The plot is just so nonsensical and stupid, it feels like a cartoon at this point. And don't even get me started on whatever the hell Jason Momoa was doing on screen in this movie. It was just bad all the way around. The next nominee is The Flash. We just touched on this movie a bit when I awarded it worse CGI, but this movie goes beyond just having bad special effects. This movie had so much turnover, turmoil, and controversy in its filmmaking that it's a goddamn miracle it even made it to public audiences. This movie follows one of the most annoying protagonists I've ever seen in a superhero movie, while also bolstering a pathetic return to Batman for Michael Keaton. I really thought Ezra Miller was going to be the worst part of this movie, but no, there are far worse things at play here. Next up, Meg 2, The Trench. The Meg was an international success because of the huge investment the Chinese government put into the first movie. Pitched as Jaws on steroids, the Meg made a shit ton of money in China and the United States, so naturally a sequel was going to come of it. Sadly, this movie was nowhere near as fun or original as the first movie, and it comes off extremely narcissistic and shallow. Jason Statham, who now is featured on my worst films list a third time hilariously, sleepwalks his way through this snooze fest of a film that doesn't even have any thrilling action or a coherent story. I'm so glad it didn't hit as big this time around, because we may be looking at a third Meg movie if it did. The next nominee is The Pope's Exorcist. The Pope's Exorcist is a hilarious choice here. It can be labeled as one of these so bad it's good movies. Russell Crowe so desperately thought he was doing something profound and special with this movie, portraying an exorcist, wrestling with his allegiance to his faith and his country. This movie, no joke, retroactively changes the context of the Bible while simultaneously showcasing some of the best non-intentionally funny moments I've seen in years. To a certain degree, I enjoyed this movie for being so horrible, but I have to recognize it as one of the worst movies of the year, without a doubt. And the final nominee for worst movie of 2023 is Strays. Look, comedy is subjective. Something I may find funny may not be funny to you or vice versa. A clear example of this is how people react to your acceptance of Will Ferrell. I, for one, love Will Ferrell movies. I love Step Brothers, The Other Guys, Talladega Nights, Old School. But he has some disastrous movies as well. Movies like Holmes and Watson, Semi-Pro, Zoolander Number 2. Now let's add strays to this list of bad Will Ferrell movies. This movie not only is extremely lowbrow, but it's mean-spirited, unfunny, and showcases some disgusting acts of animal cruelty without having a prophetic message behind it. This movie was borderline unwatchable for me. 
Oh boy, those are some really bad movies, and I honestly want to give this award to every single one, <laughs> even the dishonorable mentions, but I have to stick to my guns and pick one. So without further ado, the loser is The Flash. What this all came down to was the amount of money this movie took to make. Reshoots from the pandemic, reshoots from the Ezra Miller debacle, unfinished CGI, blatant nostalgia grabs, and a complete disregard from the studio to just shelve the project. The studio knew it had a bomb on its hands and manipulatively attempted to get celebrities like Tom Cruise to come to its aid with free press. But it didn't work. The Flash is emblematic of everything wrong with modern superhero filmmaking, and I'm really glad Warner Brothers is rebooting the entire DCEU. What a disaster. What a shit show of a movie The Flash was. And I cannot rant any more about it. Let's just move on. Moving ahead, these next couple awards are not going to contain nominees, but they will be honors that I want to bestow upon some actors, actresses, and lesser-known films. The first honor is one that I will refer to as the Rising Star of the Year, otherwise known as the Jenna Ortega Award. <laughs> Last year, Jenna Ortega had a humongous year, showing up in films like Scream 6, X, and Wednesday on Netflix. It really felt like 2022 was her year because of her dramatic rise to fame. I think it's only appropriate that I highlight another actor who blossomed this year out of nowhere. So without further ado, the rising star of the year for 2023 is Ayo Edebiri. The name may not be familiar to some of you, but you'll likely have watched her already in something this year. Ayo Edebiri appeared in films like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, Bottoms, and the critically acclaimed TV show The Bear on FX. She just won a Golden Globe last night for her work in The Bear and will likely appear in many more upcoming films in the future. Her star is looking bright in Hollywood these days and congrats to Ayo Edebiri. I really enjoyed the work she did this year. The next honor is one that I find pretty fun. This next award is for Best Movie Trailer. The main qualification for this award is that it has to be for a film that debuted in 2023. The reason why I wanted to highlight trailers is because they are a special skill of editing and storytelling. And I want to recognize a studio for being able to captivate the audience by showcasing their film with creativity, little to no spoilers, and a fun hook. The trailer that caught my attention the most this year was from an animated picture that I literally had no interest in when the film was announced. And it comes from a studio that has produced some of my least favorite animated pictures. Illumination Studios is a huge pain point for me. I think they are capable of making some beautiful movies with great concepts, but relegate them to extremely poor writing intended for toddlers. They have produced movies like Sing, Despicable Me, Minions, The Secret Life of Pets, and in 2023, they had two movies come out, including the Super Mario Brothers movie, but the other one was Migration. My winner for Best Movie Trailer of 2023 is Illumination Studios' Migration. What I loved about this trailer was that it was short, it was simple, and it showcased the theme, story, and design of the film without giving away anything of the story. 
It's a 30-second spot where they just highlight the family of mallards as they fly above the clouds to the tune of Just a Cloud Away by Pharrell. It's an incredibly beautiful spot that gave me goosebumps each time I saw it as the family peered into the sunset. The movie ended up being really lackluster, but I'm still blown away by that 30-second trailer, and I occasionally go back to it on YouTube every now and then when I need a little quick pick-me-up. What I also like about this spot is that it doesn't fall into the trap that most animated movie trailers make, where they cut away from the movie itself to show which celebrities are doing which voices, and I always tend to get annoyed by that. But good job, Illumination. Y'all made me really want to watch Migration just because of how incredibly simple and fun this trailer was. Alright guys, we are in the home stretch of the show. Just a couple awards remaining before we close this out. The next award is one that you, the listener, participated in. It is time that we announce the fan favorite film of the year. If you follow the show on social media, all week long we have hosted a fan vote for the best film of the year. I've gathered a collection of your guys' favorite movies and hosted a straw poll on which one will reign supreme. Let's take a look at the nominees. Barbie. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. John Wick, Chapter 4. Oppenheimer. The Super Mario Brothers movie. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. With over 30 votes, and with the winner having over half of the selections... The fan-favorite film of 2023 is Oppenheimer. I'm going to be honest, I thought for sure Guardians of the Galaxy or Spider-Verse was going to take it, but you guys really surprised me, and I'm really impressed. To everyone who participated in the vote, thank you for voting and engaging with the community, and congrats to Christopher Nolan and Universal Studios on Oppenheimer, our 2023 Gilly Award winner of fan-favorite film of the year. These next two awards are ones that I w- These next two awards are ones that will likely get elaborated on for next year's Gillies. Next up, we have the female performance of the year and male performance of the year. Instead of doing supporting and starring role categories, I decided to congregate them into a singular award for each gender. Perhaps next year I can throw in best villain or best hero. Let me know what you think on social media or in the comment section of this YouTube video. For these awards, I put together six actors and actresses for their roles regardless of their size of work in the picture. The first one I'll be covering is Best Female Performance of the Year, and the nominees are Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Emma Stone for Poor Things, Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Jennifer Lawrence for No Hard Feelings, Margot Robbie for Barbie, and Viola Davis for The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This one is tough because I love me some Emily Blunt, but the standout performance of the year is hands down Emma Stone for Poor Things. Emma gives the best performance of her career, even better than her Academy Award winning role from La La Land. She takes a lot of creative risks with this movie, given the obscure and controversial subject matter the film is based off of. It's far more visceral, antagonistic, and commanding than anything I've ever seen her do. Her performance alone elevates Poor Things into one of the best films of the year conversation. I don't know if I would recommend Poor Things to the casual moviegoer, since it does contain a lot of nudity and horrific subject matter. And I mean a lot of nudity. (laughs) But I thoroughly enjoyed this movie for Emma Stone's performance. 
So congrats to Emma Stone, who's soon to be a two-time Academy Award-winning actress. Now let's take a look at how the boys did this year. This was another tough category that was hard to pin down, but here are my six nominees for Male Performance of the Year. Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Ryan Gosling for Barbie. Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. Timothy Chalamet for Wonka. And Zac Efron for The Iron Claw. The winner of this award is an established actor who has had such a profound career in the entertainment industry. From portraying Charlie Chaplin to the linchpin of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's time for Robert Downey Jr. to get his career Oscar. Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer is the winner of Male Performance of the Year. Robert gives one of his best career performances in Oppenheimer as Louis Strauss, a politician that throws J. Robert Oppenheimer under the bus for his own gain. He plots to make Oppie a political martyr for his own guaranteed seat on the Senate. Downey doesn't normally get a chance to portray antagonists that often, so seeing him shed the Tony Stark persona to portray this heinous snake of a man is fascinating. His mannerisms, his fierce facial expressions, his subdued passive aggressiveness makes you really hate this character, but you're still strangely pulled into his political game and scheming because of how endearing Robert Downey Jr. is as an actor. This will be the year, mark my words, that Robert Downey Jr. is coming for that Oscar. Let's now look ahead to 2024's film slate and select the five films that I'm most excited for this year. These are the most anticipated films of 2024. First off, we have Civil War, the newest film from a favorite director of mine, Alex Garland. Garland's known for films like Ex Machina, Annihilation, and he also was the writer for Dread. His latest movie, Men, was sort of a mess for me, but I've loved everything that he has done up until that point. Civil War looks to be a return to form as Garland sheds his science fiction niche in place of a political one. Chock full of action and turmoil, I definitely recommend checking out this trailer for Civil War. This next one is sure to be on everyone's list, Deadpool 3. Disney needs a bounce back year for Marvel this year. Deadpool 3 has the makings to be the kind of movie to do it. It's an established IP with characters and actors that bring a lot of weight. No doubt it will get butts back into seats, but will it be a good enough film to keep people's interest in the multiversal MCU plotline? Now that Jonathan Majors is out, we'll see. The third movie is Dune Part 2. My favorite film from 2021, Dune returns with its highly anticipated sequel from director Denis Villeneuve. Dune Part 2 picks up where the first one left off, with Paul seeking revenge on the Harkonnens for the, destruction, for the destruction of his house. This film looks to go bigger and bolder, adding familiar characters from the book with some Hollywood A-listers like Austin Butler and Florence Pugh joining the fight. I hope that audiences support this film, and we can see a third one in the future. Next, we have Furiosa, a Mad Max story. Mad Max Fury Road, in my opinion, is one of the greatest action films of all time. It took an existing IP, twisted it, and reinvented it for a new generation. It ushered in a new hybrid of practical and special effects-driven filmmaking, unlike anything that we've ever seen before. George Miller takes us on a ride through the origins of Charlize Theron's Furiosa character, 
casting Anya Taylor-Joy as the titular character this time around, as she is hell-bent on getting back to her family across the rugged terrains. This is one of my favorite trailers of the year so far in 2024, and I have extremely high hopes for Furiosa. And the last movie I want to mention is Love Lies Bleeding. A24 is a studio that takes a lot of risks creatively with their filmmakers while also respecting the new age blockbuster. Love Lies Bleeding is an upcoming thriller directed by Rose Glass featuring Kristen Stewart and Ed Harris. The film centers around two young women in love who get wrapped up in a deadly arms deal involving one of their fathers. Highly stylized, provocative, and gritty, Love Lies Bleeding may end up being one of the biggest sleeper hits of the year. So let me know in the comments section, which movies are you anticipating this year? And here we are, the big one. We've saved the best for last. It is now time that I present to you the Gilly Award for Film of the Year for 2023. This was a tough process to go through. I watched over 50 films this year in theaters and streaming, and I came down with the six candidates that I strongly feel are the best representation of what I loved about movies in 2023. I'm going to preface this by stipulating the obvious. There will be some glaring omissions on my list, since I wasn't able to watch everything this year. You won't see big Academy Award type pictures like Past Lives, Killers of the Flower Moon, or The Holdovers. Some were not playing in my area by the time I recorded this, thus disqualifying them. I also want to let you know that this is my personal list. My favorite films are going to look vastly different from yours, and that which you've seen at the Golden Globes Awards this year. If you liked Cocaine Bear and Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey, good on you, and I respect that. But spoiler alert, those movies will not be making my list. And before we get to the official nominees, here are some honorable mentions that barely, and I mean barely, missed the nominations. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. John Wick, Chapter 4. Poor Things and Saw 10. And now, here are the official nominees for the Gilly Award for Film of the Year. Godzilla Minus One, directed by Takashi Yamazaki. Post-war Japan is at its lowest point when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster, baptized in the horrific power of the atomic bomb. Godzilla Minus One is a gigantic spectacle and a huge return to form for the franchise. The Iron Claw, directed by Sean Durkin. The true story of the inseparable Von Erich brothers who made history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. The Iron Claw is a provocative, thought-provoking, and incredibly emotional film that captures the feeling of grief, loss, and despair. Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan. The story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer, and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. Never has a movie captivated me with politics as Christopher Nolan has with Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan has crafted a film that is not only thought-provoking, but also very resonant with today's world. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, directed by Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, directed by Jeff Rowe and Kyler Spears. The film follows the Turtle Brothers as they work to earn the love of New York City while facing down an army of mutants. Mutant Mayhem was a surprise hit, to be sure. I thought that this film was going to be ridiculously goofy, kind of silly, and was kind of a ripoff of Spider-Verse. But in many ways, I think this film excels in putting its own stamp on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lore. It's by far the best representation of the turtles that you will ever see on screen. Wonka, directed by Paul King. With dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, a young and poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers. Wonka is a whimsical, magical film that will tug at your heartstrings, and Timothy Chalamet puts his own unique stamp on the Willy Wonka character with such whimsy and magic. When determining a winner this year, I drew back to a spreadsheet that I keep amongst all the films that I've watched this year. On this spreadsheet, I have scores for every movie. I organize them by score, and I gather my top 10 accordingly. This is also why Barbie didn't make the cut, since I gave Barbie a 3.5 out of 5, whereas the lowest movie on the list of these nominees earned a 4. On that list, only 3 movies had a perfect score. Those were Godzilla minus 1, Oppenheimer, and Wonka. And in determining my favorite of the three, I had to draw from my emotions surrounding those pictures. Godzilla was the largest and most spectacular of the three. Oppenheimer was the most well-executed, being perfect in narrative storytelling, acting, and direction. And Wonka was the most sentimental film for me, connecting to me on an emotional level that I was completely taken aback by. And in the end, I came to the conclusion that although I wanted the show to separate itself from the Oscars, the Golden Globes, and the symmetry of those nominees, I cannot deny that the best film of 2023 is the one that you all agreed to on the fan-favorite vote of the year. It also just won Best Motion Picture Drama at the Golden Globes. And now, it is my favorite film of the year. The winner of the Gilly Award for Best Film of 2023 is Oppenheimer. I made it a point to mention to everyone that Christopher Nolan is my favorite filmmaker of all time. My college thesis when I earned my degree in television and film production was centered around Nolan's usage of non-linear storytelling and editing. My favorite film of all time is Inception, for God's sakes. (laughs) But I'm not basing this award on bias and my love for Christopher Nolan. I'm basing it on the fact that it is the most complete, mature, and tonally consistent film on his resume. Although it deals with complex subject matters like quantum physics, political maneuvering, and the turmoil of the communist conservative Cold War following the resolution of World War II, Nolan crafted a film that is understandable, briskly paced to keep your attention, and beautifully shot. The performances were all wonderful in this movie. Killian Murphy carries the movie. Emily Blunt steals the spotlight each time she is on screen. And Robert Downey Jr. created a wonderfully sinister villain that goes against his typecast. Critics and audiences agree that Oppenheimer was a diamond in a rough year of movies and maintained that Hollywood maturity that we've been lacking in theaters these days with all these superhero hijinks. With the win at the Golden Globes, 
I'm hoping that this is finally the year that Chris Nolan gets his much-deserved Academy Award for Best Director, and that this film will sweep the awards season. And there it is, my friends. The first episode of the new year, the first episode of the new season, and the first ever Gilly Awards. I hope you enjoyed this episode and the divergence from our regularly scheduled podcast. It took me two weeks to recover from my illness and prepare for this show, and I think it was every bit worth it. We have a new look for the show over on our YouTube, Instagram, and X pages. I just designed a new logo that will be consistent with our branding for the year, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Be sure to follow the show on those platforms. Just search for the username PC with Gil. And next week, I'll present you with our first review of 2024. It will be Tina Fey's reimagining of the 2000s classic Mean Girls. So subscribe to the channel and podcast so you don't miss that or any future episodes. I'm going to start uploading more content to YouTube as well. So if you're following the show there, don't worry. I'll have some actual videos coming to the channel soon. I will see you all next week. So go catch a movie. 